0: hey there mucho gusto and welcome to another episode of detective writer i'm your host sally aka detective writer and today i'm super duper excited i'm super excited to introduce all of you to a brand new guest and fellow author and may i also share psychic detective nancy orland weber nancy thank you so much for being here it's an absolute pleasure
1: uh thank you
0: sally i'm delighted to be here with you thank you, you so much i definitely you know i would love to ask you nancy just a little bit about your experience that you were a gypsy so i'm kind of interested to know a little bit about your experience
1: well i'm a gypsy at heart not a, a, not as a heritage or maybe a past life mm-hmm. so i don't know something that i think of as in twofold it's a culmination of all the other work I have done and continue to do because they led to being more focused. They led to more clarity. So working as a nurse, I gained insight, I gained empathy. Uh, I, and all I was using my what we we'll call psychic gifts. Uh, I think of it also as psychic means soul in Greek. That's where it came from. Mm-hmm. So I think of it as my soul would inform and it would lead to uh, wonderful answers for others when they were not well. I didn't know I was being a medical intuitive. I didn't have words for it, but that helped. The desire to help others and serve them better pushed out some things uh, because I was shy. It put me in a uniform, nursing uniform, and I wasn't shy. I just wanted to help. And that led to leaving at a point after 11 years because I had some disability, didn't matter what, to this point. And um, in six months, I was working full-time as a psychic child uh, because people just came and saw that I had done things for myself when I was told I'd be permanently wheelchair-bound, and I wasn't. I was taking yoga, I was taking Tai Chi, and karate, and swimming, I was fine. And they were, how did you do that? So I would look and I would tell them, well, uh, it's a blend. But that over many years, and then because I love psychology and psychiatry, I ended up uh, with a lot of clients through two psychiatrists at their own offices. They would have me there every week for years, and all that made more focus. And then, animals yeah, with, I love plants, trees, everything. I talk to all of them, I expect them to talk with me. Oh, wow, right? Yeah. And so, they, my other book all makes beaks, conversations with pets, and wildlife because you want people to understand it's real, even if you don't, you know, if you think you're talking to your Dog, you probably are, and your dog is probably listening, but it's not in whatever verbal language. It's more your tone, the feeling, the images you hold in your mind. And so I wanted everybody to learn, so I was teaching right away, holding classes. All that led to moving to New Jersey in 1979, August, and somebody put me on the front page of the local newspaper, and the next week the police started asking me questions for help. Wow. And that's how I became a psychic detective, as my sidebar, not my business. <laughs> wow. That's the joke. I mean, people know me as a psychic detective. and I mean, I did get paid, but not right away. And never in my town, I would not take the money off from friends that I knew who were in the uh, law enforcement. But if I had to go out of state, if I had to drive far, uh, then I would charge. Yeah, 100%. And so, But I'll tell you the other part of this for those who are wondering. There's amazing benefit in in a way that you don't know until you do the work. Even if you're wrong, but if you've been helpful, you were working harder than you ever worked with your mind in focus and clarity for a very good reason. And the end result for me has always been everything else is easier in life by comparison. You just
0: brought up a really good point by comparison, because I think for me, you know, um, I think in my family, they didn't technically believe like in psychics or anything, you know, like, like in anything in that relative sense. So like growing up, my family was always, and they still are, they're like, you know, God is the only thing that we should know God is the only thing that we should always believe in but I think as I was growing a little older and going to school and even going to college just learning a little bit more of opportunities and being a person who's obsessed with true crime since I think I don't even know how long it was really interesting to me you know to see like in some episodes of forensic files or snapped or solved and just seeing okay there's a lot of people that said oh that they're psychic detectives or they're psychic inspectors or anything, and they've, they've been able to pinpoint, okay, what happened here? What happened there? Where did this person go? And that's actually kind of fascinating for me. I have none of those things, so I like to observe from things that I don't understand.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know that you don't have it, but one of the things you said, I would say, because I've been asked two different things about family. My family was very uncomfortable with it, extremely uncomfortable. My mother was furious and terrified of it. So there's that. Only uh, when it is used as, maybe call it heightened intuition, Mm -hmm. but there's more to it, obviously. When we use it, the question for families who don't understand, where do you think it all comes from? It's the same place that everything, Comes from. It's how you use it. And that's true of everything. You can be a great lawyer and you can be a cheat and a half. You can be a great, wonderful teacher and you can be terrible at it. So, where does it all come from? So, if we believe that our soul gets its messages from the same place. Everybody gets everything, right? Yeah, I
0: think right. it's really interesting that you bring that up because I think for me, that's it's something I had never really learned before. Like, and even in my family, you know, it was always the belief that like ghosts don't exist or that psychics aren't necessarily like real because it was always just like more like church based. Like, but it's. I don't know, it's just like growing up in my family, I was always taught one specific thing. And I think as I was growing older, being able to learn about, oh, different styles, different forms of life, and different forms of way people view things. That was absolutely mind blowing to me.
1: Well, I've always loved history. Uh, It was one of my favorite subjects growing up, loved it. And I've always looked at everything about all the religions and philosophies and wonder there's such a common denominator between all of them the problem lies i think personally Mm -hmm. in not looking at what the origins are for instance there was a council of nicaea n-i-c-e-a i I think it's spelled Mm -hmm. on the third century if i'm not mistaken where the queen killed off the popes because they wouldn't strike out of the New Testament, essentially. It was shortly after it all came together, I think. Uh, she would kill them because they wouldn't strike out things that dealt with reincarnation, which we're in, which still is in two places in the New Testament. So I laugh when I think that first, like the Old Testament, I would meet and i go, well, first of all, you're all men who wrote it mm-hmm. and it's a man's opinion and prophets uh, were called prophets, they were always male women were called seers and exile. so no thank you <laughs> even though no. my background came from a Jewish culture and I'm going traditions and cultures of food and environment that's one thing and warmth and family ultimately I don't care what dialect anybody uses there is some kind of creator we may call it God, we may call it whatever we call it everybody's different and I really don't care because I think the basic is said by a lot of people I've read including people like Einstein and uh, Schweitzer and all the rest that until you are kind to every living being that just displays who you are as a human you're not you're not a human until you are understanding what that is because it's a gift and i get that we are created all of us by the same thing and it's silly the arguments are silly but they're based on fear and it and when fear drives people they rely on what they've
0: been told to do thank you so much for sharing that Nancy because I think you know in my you know perspective for a lot of things that maybe I still don't understand or haven't learned about I always think a human you have to respect everybody's beliefs because not everybody is going to see everything in the whole world but I think that's also the beauty of it you know knowing that so many of us come from different backgrounds from different cultures from different religions or different standpoints I think that's kind of what makes the world a little bit more interesting to know that there's so much that we haven't learned yet there's so much that we haven't discovered yet but you know always being respectful and learning so many things I think that's the most beautiful thing and especially you know me learning that you do
1: your curiosity opens up very much like what the east has said about the lotus you know we're all opening up again and again and more and more to ourselves so you may have like I had and and have there are parts of us we have not discovered yet, and that's the exciting journey. I'd also like to make one other comment about, again, uh, what the things about what your family thinks about psychic has a point. Here's my point. Yeah. Easterners, particularly in doing Kundalini Yoga and, and their actual uh, teachings in the East about what the energy is, the chakras, etc which are really energetic fields of portals over ductless glands in the body. There are 21 minor, seven major, et cetera. Anyhow, what they said is, the third eye, meaning the psychic part of us, you bypass it as you are raising up your spiritual purpose in life. It's just a natural part, but you don't focus on it you focus on your spiritual purpose, which is the highest purpose you could have. It's the seventh chakra. So the third eye is the sixth chakra. The seventh is the crown, which is all about spirituality only. And so what comes with that in the most natural way worldwide, I think of it in a true story about a Chinese um, uh, master teacher. I think he was maybe... Tai Chi master teacher, I don't know. But anyhow, he was with one of his students in the back of his building, sitting on a bench in the garden. And he said, a very uh, a very uh, hungry man who has traveled far is coming to the front door. Please bring him in and offer him food, feed him. And he said, oh, I didn't hear that knock. And he said, he hasn't arrived yet. Go, he'll arrive when you get there. And he did. And it was and i'm saying you know this is worldwide we all have it because i believe i call it soul whispers i believe that we are getting it all from creator and our soul is sharing with us that information there's nothing to be afraid of so as i once said to somebody else who said uh, you're you're from satan I, I looked at him and i said you believe in christ i take it yes and God. Yes. I said, The word for me. <laughs> and what did they say? Nothing. He didn't know what to say. It was at a, a talk I gave where the men had standing applause for, for yeah. my being a psychic detective. And he, he was furious. He stood up and pointed at me and said, I was upset. They all laughed. Oh, wow. Pray for me then. If that's your belief, then stop being afraid and turn it around and do something positive for yourself don't hold fear about anything it just destroys we know in neuroscience they know it oh my god fear destroys the cortisol you know raises it in women or drops it down to zero in women fear does crazy things to females more than to men
0: that is definitely true and i think you know me growing up in new york i have had moments where i've had like moments of extreme fear and it's just you know you know coming from a perspective you know coming from a family who immigrated to the us from ecuador and being told you know my whole life you know i believe in god i believe in heaven i believe in hell i believe in all of that stuff but i think a lot of times you know I've always felt like if there was I was always told in my family like if you are afraid of something God will get you through this God will always get you through it and I believe that 100 percent but I think there were some times where I've always just had like a healthy curiosity and to see like what's you know more and beyond the world and that's one of the most beautiful things I really find you know I feel like in the whole universe there's much that we haven't that we have yet to discover much like the ocean and that's actually kind of beautiful the more that i think about it i will say though my family will look at me like i'm crazy they even think i'm crazy enough because i like true crime so i look at so i tell them this i'm doing it to help keep you safe nice (laughs) and then they will
1: just like ah wait a minute that is very true having You know, people ask, you know, how's your family? My family of origin, they had problems, and I knew their problems were serious because they went through serious things and they never really fully recovered themselves. They were very broken, I got that. But my children and my stepchildren love what they do. They train also with me, some of them. They always listen for advice. They know it's coming from a higher source. So do I. It can't be for me because I'm not that good at anything. you got to be kidding. Yeah. But I, it's, it, it's all about psychic detective work. It's teamwork. It mm-hmm. isn't ego work. It isn't, oh my god, look at what I can do. In fact, I'm still shocked at what I was able to do. And only conclusion I ever get is, where does it all come from? I was supposed to do that work. I was called to do that. Just like I was called to nursing, I was called to—I was called to make scarves and hats last winter for the indigenous children. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 these are callings. When we have a passion, where do we get it from? Yeah. You know, you do the podcast. Where do you get your passion to do it from? Because you have a desire to to open up doors for people. Well, I have a desire to help people who have no answers or a grieving on that end. But I still work as a medical, intuitive, animal communication, regular yeah. psychic readings, past life regression, all the rest of it. So, and I love it all. However, I don't do any of it without a prayer first in me. Thank you. It's my big prayer for everything that I'm gifted to do. And may everything be from you only. My words, my thoughts, my deeds. I don't want to hurt anybody. So I set up that program decades ago. I walked around every day saying that. And I do it all the time. So psychic detective work is simply the same way you said about why you watch crime. Because it's there and you need people to help. And I've met others who do the work too, who are so good and kind and compassionate too. And and the law enforcement, I worked with the adjudicated cases because I won't talk about anything I do now or have done recently that is not totally adjudicated. But these guys, I'm still best friends with. One's coming tomorrow here because okay. he's up from where he moved to North Carolina. His wife, I did the baby blessing for his granddaughter. We we're whole friends for 40 years because we have a common understanding. I am not a separate human being apart from them and weird. I am just family to them. See the connections you make. They help oh, yeah. a lot. I know. I love it. They're oh, my
0: family. I love that because I think for me you know being having I've been podcasting for about one year and blogging for about two and after I published my first and only novel I was like there was so much that I wanted to talk about and I love listening about you know unsolved crimes and I have focused on a lot of unsolved crimes that have happened you know like the Philippines or Mexico or wherever because I think like a lot of times a lot of those cases don't necessarily get the media attention that they deserve so Uh I felt like for me why stop at, at, at my book? Why not have a blog where I get to the and I'll talk about this case that happened here? But there were moments where, I kid you not, I had talked about so many cases that were just so so brutal and so gory and this was my mistake it would be like two to three in the morning in my house and my parents are asleep and it's almost pitch black in my house and i see a shadow or I hear a random sound and i would be scaring the wits out of myself that i actually would have to stop what i was doing and listen to baby shark or watch crazy rich agents or something so i was like you know what i love true crime but i really can't just continuously scare myself to death why not incorporate my journey of writing? Why not incorporate, you know, more positivity, a little bit more about, you know, through podcast guests, getting to meet a lot of authors, getting to meet a lot of other people. That was so interesting to me. And I thought, well, I don't want to just focus on all the tragedies, but why not focus more on the positivities less than the tragedies? But I still like to discuss more unsolved crimes just because maybe it's far-fetched, but I also feel like maybe with all the clues that, that maybe we can learn from one another. Not just through my podcast or my blog, but through other forms of information. Maybe we could finally put these cases to rest, like the Black Dahlia, or- i had time to share something with you about that. Yeah, of course, go ahead right ahead.
1: Good, okay. Having been asked um, about some missing child, and I responded with, uh, I never talk about what I work on. I you won't know if I'm working on that or not. I want you to keep that in mind to yourself when you discuss things with people. When you work, you stay safe. And the other part is I never watch anything that would be upsetting at night. I'm done.
0: That was my that was my bad thing I used to do. I I, I don't do that anymore. You don't now.
1: Yeah. You don't. So I get that we we learn from what we do. That's how we learn. So at night I put on sweet stuff that you know it, the last couple of hours or so I watch something I really enjoy and what I enjoy isn't necessarily all sweet but it's not it I like fiction a lot because I've seen real stuff close up fresh crimes everything so yeah. and it, that's why I always say a lot of the uh, retired law officers play fish golf and hang out <laughs> and some of them were cold cases missing and exploited so i'm sharing that with you and with anyone listening that when people ask you to just find or work on it you have to be careful where you're working with it what kind of group and you don't discuss it online yep, exactly you not ever you don't name names you don't think it's this person yeah. or whatever online you're no. jeopardizing you and others
0: definitely That is definitely a good point that you bring up because I think that for me, I will only talk about cases that I know that have truly been unsolved, let's say like from like 1900s or anything. Like one person had asked me to discuss a case that he had um, said that his godfather had been accused of killing or um, well, the body has never been found, but a missing person back in 2000, I did say, you know, I will talk about it But if this case, the person apparently who was accused is no longer in the world, this person is gone. So I feel like being safe is definitely one thing. But that was my biggest issue. I would look up these cases and it would be like two, three in the morning. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? Well, you're not any longer. What was your inspiration for writing with detective work? To do it? Yeah, the
1: whole family. As I said, I was a crime victim and more than once, but um, the turning one, I didn't have justice each time something occurred. Uh, An attempted rape, uh, he got away, he was wealthy, he lied in court, they laughed. I'm so sorry. So, no, no, these things are teaching. Look, the whole world has pain. I know that, and it has love, it has both. So what do you focus on more? And I discovered out of each thing that happened, as the opening in Life of the Psychic Detective talks truthfully that my first husband attempted to murder me. Physician, neurologist, brilliant man. I was five months pregnant. He almost killed me and the baby. But I I always say, I'm from Brooklyn. I knew how to fake death and then let him have it afterwards and tell him to never go to sleep. I will take care of you in your sleep. I because I always say the Brooklyn in me came out. So all of those and more compounded my need for justice in the world and my understanding that many people don't get justice. And I survived. Look, the point I know for me personally is I look back and go I I know there's a higher power because. I survived crazy stuff, not once, not twice, but more than that. That's I had got to, I had all kinds of things happen, and I'm fine. And I was so fine. I was in a fire set by a patient. I mean, it was a crazy world. And all of it taught me one, that the purpose we all have is to seek, maybe not justice in courts always but to seek something we can live with about anything that happens in our lives. So when the police came calling, literally <laughs> Yeah uh, I I was in the mood at that point to be very focused on what they were asking and I can recall you know, it, it's so ingrained when I was asked and said they had two suspects that I uh, pretty much identified by size of uh, everything coloring, whatever and they said well we have two people answering that description. I guess at that point it meant what I needed internally to put me on fire when they asked yeah. that question because of all the different injustices I had where people uh, got away with things and I just stood up and I went no you and when I walked across, having a massive limp. And then I sat down and I looked at them. They said, how did you know that one of the two had a limp? I said, it's simple. I became him. Now, anyone listening, you and any audience, has to know, that just came out of my mouth uh, and surprised me. And I went, ooh. I study psychology, psychiatry. I was often top host in psychiatry and research in New York State when I was... 27. I was offered all kinds of free education from Health and Hospital Corporation up to PHD. I turned everything down. I understood all along that we have sacred gifts. They're sacred because we have to treat them right. But I never had that experience before in that way where, oh my God, how did I know he had a lip? I still can ask that question. But that turned out to be it. And that was one of the times uh, the chief of detectives at that time, who I was working with, went out to the two suspects, went over to the lived one, brought him in, and said, we have an eyewitness. And he confessed. That was the first confession of the work I did. Girl Double boss letter. right there. Girl boss right there. Isn't, Isn't that funny? It's but fascinating. it's because it makes me wonder how many other things that you were talking the universes the energy fields you know all things that keep being discovered we're we're more than we think we are and we're all connected so what does that say? I talk frequency I like operating from as high a frequency as I can maintain and as you said positivity again and again I think it's urgent and important in today's world and not being positive in my answers but more a an uplifting uh, take on what can happen because I also believe that the people we do find who do horrendous things, and they are hopefully uh, to look deep inside if it's done right, if the prison system, the prisons are like. except they've also married some prisoners uh, to their intended because they were getting out shortly which was very sweet, but I don't know what it's like to be locked up like that. And, you know, I look back at history and I know um, there were many who were locked up who were political prisoners, still are, and Mandela. You know, and when I look at all that and say, they went deep within, well, why wouldn't prisoners go deep within and discover if they don't have to protect themselves with you know, and shield from the gangs and shield from the rest.
0: That's so amazing. today's
1: world and all worlds, however, on this earth are not simple. But I think that if we maintain our the model of what we believe, then people change. People see that and go, Hmm, gee, she's not afraid. Well sure, we all have fear, normal fear. But if I have fears of made up stuff or Based on somebody else's belief, it has nothing to do with me. I have to erase that. Or even my childhood things that happened that were horrible. Yeah, I've watched people who had terrible things happen when they were kids and come out of it as phenomenal people. So, you know, and why do some not? Why? So it's always fascinated me why do some not come out that way and seek nasty vengeance or just get so angry at the world they don't care like hit men or and then what do others devote their lives to forming nonprofits, helping the world helping their neighbor, just being kind good people and that's always been for me the big question on how I love working with law enforcement because they're willing to talk about it they go to profilers they you know to try to so analyze to everybody Mm-hmm. And you, even, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, I, when you get some crimes,
0: don't yes. you? Yes, all the time, all the yeah. time. And I wanted to ask you that, Nancy. Like, you said something. You mentioned something really interesting. That you that you became the guy who had the limp. You became the guy. I would love to ask you, like, when when you became someone, when you became that person. What is that process like? Like. How does that work? I'm just from a genuine I curiosity. wouldn't know.
1: How does that work? I wouldn't know, and I don't think I'm actually him. It was just the best description I can give at the moment, but I understood how he walked. I didn't see it in my mind, I felt it. So that's kinesthetic, if we go to that. Meaning, my mother puts me on a bus, and I get on the bus, and I start shaking like a leaf. And I didn't know why. But everyone there, I could, I felt on a bus, of people dying, children dying, and they didn't, I looked around and they all looked like their energy was going, and that's all I could think. So I did this about three days in a row, and my mother said, what's wrong? Why don't you want to go on the bus? I said, I don't want to die. And she said, what? So she looks inside the bus, and she realized it's a bus for disabled children. And she said, oh, my God, I you on the walk bus. Many years later, reading other things about Rasputin and energy fields and whatever, I realized I was picking up all their pain. I was feeling it. And that's not uncommon in the world. People have done great doctors can pick up that, but we discard it. We know it's not ours and we just go, oh, it's passing through. So the same way I, and I believe that's actually what I did, it just was, my mouth blurted out the best, fastest way I could tell them, that kinesthetically, I knew that the killer had a limp in his head. just like sitting with a detective in my office one day, and he said, well, I'm here about, I said, I know, it's a murder, and it was a bullet to the right temple. He said, how do you know that? I said, it just went through me. So what we learn also is what's ours and what isn't ours to keep. We need to discern the difference, and then we don't pay the price. But there are a lot of people who feel it all and don't shield, don't have boundaries. Yeah, and that definitely. That true. can cost them.
0: Right. People don't have any boundaries. That's really a good point because I think from reading a lot of crime stories and lurking look, past, you know, like timelines and looking, okay, this person went here, this person went there. So, can I ask, as you after your journey, have you been able to like have like do you get like multiple flashbacks? Have you gotten like flashbacks that things were happening and it's like you were just like immediately placed at the scene of the event or as things were occurring. Is that how it usually works? Like that whole
1: process? It, there's no usual. Can't answer because there's no usual. Everything you can think of happens. It depends on the situation. Yeah. So if it's history, I can walk on fields of war and tell you what happened. Not always. I'm not right 100% of the time. Nobody is. Yeah. Uh, I can be, go to a fresh crime scene and tell them what happened. Uh, That's a few of the cases in the book, I think. So everything is different every time. In other words, I don't believe there's a rule book and you can't preconceive what's going to happen in your ability. You know, there's no guarantee. It's like George Duker, who's a wonderful retired captain who (laughs) <laughs> still works more helping others uh, suicide prevention he's an amazing human being yeah. and he's on my YouTube channel uh, Soul Talk yeah. and that's mm-hmm. the old one and George he said when I asked him why do you believe me so well so we were working a murder case I had the murderer that cetera, cetera it doesn't matter but then he asked me about another case while we were working this and I got quiet and I said no don't have anything he said that's why I believe you So if we get our egos out of the way, there's no rule book. There's no preconception. There's no expectation that I can do it or not do it. There's no one way. I do not believe there's one way. That's why when somebody called me about a horse, and she said, well, I work with a vet, and I'm an animal communicator for dogs. I said, why can't you work on your horse? And she said, well, no, I, I only can talk with dogs. I said, really? I said, come on, if you can talk with dogs and get clear you know information you can yeah. talk with anything in the world what's your problem what did you so say it really is point the light in a direction and on that note i would like to just make a comment that if people want it's on my books are on amazon yes the life of a psychic detective and all nature nature speaks conversations with pets and people and i have in the u.s only signed copies um of uh, books from my own office and that's my name everything is nancy Ellen or whatever
0: for anyone who's listening and who has a genuine curiosity or maybe is a little bit of a skeptic what advice do you have for them
1: i love skeptics stay skeptical don't believe everything you get or think or get from others do not i I write in journals every single thing that I ever pick up or tune into or think I did. Uh, and that's how I could write books, but that doesn't mean I'm right till I have absolute proof. And that doesn't mean I understand all of it. I would give advice to be a skeptic, not close-minded. That's different. Close-minded is fear, and all we do is gently plant seeds for them so that they're not so afraid. Be kind and compassionate to their best parts, right? And yes. see the best parts of them and let it go. Skeptics, I'm a skeptic. I know some great psychics who I love dearly. I also know some I would never listen to wow. because they're the lack of ethics. So ethics means, you know, it's confidential. I mean, and there are a lot of other parts to it like in anything else. And there are levels, and some days... Just like anything else, we're better than others. Well, you might sift through what somebody says. If it resonates well and you believe that it's useful, good. But don't cling to them. Not healthy. You're the, your best answer. Always. Yes. Ultimately, 100%. the only answers lie inside. It's just not always can we see that. Need help? I don't. I take coaching lessons. I mentor others. Uh, but I take lessons and things that I know.
0: I'm not really good at. <laughs> oh, that is definitely, I, de- I definitely like to learn more but I don't understand it. I'm a skeptic. Yeah. I have my genuine curiosity, just like I do about, you know, psychics and things like that. So I'm definitely always eager to learn. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. I can't thank you enough, and I truly, truly can't thank you enough for being a guest on this podcast. And for those of you who have been listening, I truly hope you had a great day, morning, afternoon, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Please stay tuned for next week, and
1: until then, keep on sleuthing.